0: Abolition. Abolition.
1: Um, Abolition. Up next, we will hear from um, Theta
2: Murphy. Theta is the lead organizer or co-lead organizer for No Exceptions uh, Tennessee. Good morning. Uh, I'm so happy to be here this morning with my comrades who are carrying this movement forward. Um, In Tennessee, this movement was born behind the walls and was birthed through the collaborative efforts of No Exceptions, Free Hearts, and Unheard Voices Outreach currently and formerly incarcerated people and the people who love them created this movement and continue to fight for it. When it passes, the victory will be all ours. So Tennessee, the birthplace of the the Klan, like the rest of the South, made a, a seamless transition from plantations to prison. We have never been free. Slavery was never abolished. It was simply redefined. So it's way past time for universal abolition. As long as we make excuses for why it's okay for human beings to be owned and treated like property, none of our dreams of a just and equitable society can be realized. If anyone is enslaved, no one is free. We work so hard on reform, and then we wonder why we always end up in the same place. It's because slavery is the default position after the initial energy of the reform is spent, the system reset itself we simply cannot move forward until we address this basic wrong that is at the foundation of all of our societal institutions so in Tennessee this is a bipartisan initiative which as was required passed through two successive sessions of the Tennessee State Legislature with almost complete support so what other issues, especially in the South is bringing the two parties together. No one is is supporting slavery in 2022. We've got to fix this for good, with no exception. So vote yes on three, Amendment 3 in Tennessee. And so one more note for Tennessee voters, in order for your vote to count on the constitutional amendment, you have to cast a ballot in the governor's race. And write-ins count as a vote. So please do not skip it. Thank you.
1: You just heard Theta Murphy at the ASNN press conference on October 6, 2022 of the No Exceptions, Tennessee. And that was followed by Dominique Johnson on the Hammond B3 Oregon. And Freedom is Coming Tomorrow from Sarafina. What a great way to kick off the show. Peace and welcome to Abolition Today, a weekly syndicated online radio program with a specific focus on modern slavery as it is practiced through the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution and by for-profit prisons worldwide. We air live every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central, and 4 Pacific. Live streams and archived podcasts are available at abolitiontoday.org and on all major podcast platforms. My name is Yusuf Hassan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Max Parthas. Peace, Max. Uh
3: Peace, brother Yusuf. I'm here at the Paul Cuffey Abolitionist Center. Literally, just got here a couple hours ago from my trip to Tennessee. Well, that's good. We're
1: gonna, we can't wait to hear all about that as well uh, throughout the show. So last week we were joined by Alabama's Pastor Kenneth Sharpton Glasgow, who was the lead organizer for the ASNN in Alabama, and founder of TOPS, the Ordinary People's Society, and also we had imprisoned activists kinetic justice. They both were there to focus on the last of the Freedom Five, Alabama. We discussed the amendment to abolish slavery, unconstitutional conditions within the ADOC, and we showed how you can help abolish slavery in Alabama for the first time. Now, they'll, we're throwing thunderbolts from the heavens this week as we both amplify the voices of each state from the Freedom Five. That's the five states on the ballot for November 8th to remove slavery exceptions. And we'll feel through the storm of opposition, lies, misinformation, and confusion surrounding our work to abolish constitutional slavery in the U.S. for the first time. We'll educate, inspire, and prepare you for what is only a week away. One of the most historic moments in U.S. history. And as Mark uh, Hughes would say, what a time to be alive. So as always, we'll incorpor- incorporate powerful music presentations and bring the ancestors' voices back to life for a new generation without Bridging the Gap series. This week, we'll listen to Ozzie Davis read the conclusion of Frederick Douglass' autobiography with a fitting prophetic speech and his final word. So before we jump into tonight's topic, Max.
3: Yeah, I'm here,
4: brother um, First oh, of all uh, That was a bad pass I'm
1: sorry yeah. <laughs> I, cut my, I cut myself off
3: uh, uh, yeah. Give a big shout out to Theda Murphy um, At the beginning, uh, what she said was just brilliant And so, so true I got to meet her personally she did, uh, Just yesterday, I spent some time with her uh, as well oh, as Jeannie uh, awesome. Alexander and Dawn and the others out there that are working with Free Hearts and the uh, No Exceptions Collective. So that was really nice. But she definitely had uh, – she dropped the science on just what's going on. There can't be any kind of fairness and justice or freedom as long as slavery is still legal, right? Um, and the right. song, Freedom is Coming Tomorrow, I thought was fitting. But let's get it straight, Right. <laughs> is not literally coming tomorrow. You know, um, right. Pe- people, a lot of people expect things to change like that, just like, you know, I'm a drop of a dime. What's this going to do? What's this going to change immediately? Almost forgetting it took us 157 years to get to this point. You know, like right. this is the first time we've ever abolished slavery in state constitutions. Nobody knows what that looks like. Um, there are challenges already being made in Colorado. This change is already being made in Nebraska, but it is brand new. It it just happened, and now we've got five states on the ballot. You know, we didn't want to practice insanity. We got tired of doing the same old things over and over again, expecting new results. We went straight to the root cause. Slavery is legal. And look at everything that comes because slavery is legal. So we're going to start right there, and we're going to open that door. Um, That's going to be awesome. You know, this path has never existed. And when you're presented with a path, you only got three options. You either uh, stand still and do nothing, which is what we've been doing Mm -hmm. for 157 years. You move backwards, which is something we've also done on occasion in the past century and a half. Or you move forward. But at least you got a path to walk on. And that's what we have created with this. So now we can move forward. How long will it take for us to see true freedom in this country? Um, your guess is as good as mine. But I know we're moving towards right. it now, and that's worth it because we wasn't moving towards it. How you gonna have freedom and slavery in the same nation and expect both of them to be true? One is a lie. Has to be. Has, Has to, to be. be. So the trip to Tennessee was really nice. Uh we went out there to help them uh with the campaign as much as we could, uh Tribal and myself and we participated in their documentary that they're creating out there and then we had a panel discussion as well, uh, along with the organizers out there, Jeannie, Dita and Dawn, um, discussing the issues in Tennessee and Nashville. Uh it was very powerful, very beautiful. Um <laughs> had a few nice experiences i got to see my sister mr garrett while i was out there of course we had dinner okay. together that was nice and i got to experience Trouble and i well it was my first time not hers but my first time experiencing a communal uh restaurant i, I had never done that before so you know we go to this restaurant. I forget the name of it. Travel might call in later and remind Mon-el's, me. Monell. I think it was Monell. Mon-El, Monell. Yes, Monel's I went. To, we went to Monell's, and there's this sign that says, "Enter strangers, leave as friends." I'm like, okay, I guess they're talking about the staff, right? Nah. <laughs> they put you in there, and he, you know it was only me and her. So they put us with like eight other people at one table, and none of us had met each other, you know. And then they came out and served like you was in a house, and they were serving dinner. There was no menu or nothing. This is what we got. You pass it around from the left to the right, and everybody get what they want, and eat as much as you want. And the (laughs) food was delicious. It was delicious. And we met some people from South Carolina while we were there, uh, which was awesome. Uh, Half of them, I think, were Republicans, and they were uh, abolitionists, or at least they were when we left. (laughs) 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 Which is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, that that's some of what happened on the trip to uh, Tennessee. Uh, looking forward to the uh, documentary that they're developing. And I think it's going to be real nice because I, I believe Tennessee is going to win. Um, and to have that as the conclusion of their documentary is going to be inspiring for the entire country. To think that Tennessee, the home of the KKK, where they just recently had to take down the bus of the uh, – Grand Dragon of the KKK from right. the Capitol Building, right? This this place is abolishing slavery, and if they can do it, anybody can do it.
1: And that's huge. That's very huge. He also did an interview this week, right?
3: Oh man, uh, we've done so many interviews uh, between myself and Savannah. We really and and Curtis Davis as well, and mm-hmm. also uh, Brother Sam Brown has done some stuff too. We've really been uh, hitting a lot of. Man, we're getting a lot of invitations to come and talk about this issue. The whole movement went viral last Friday. So from last Friday till now, it's just been everywhere. National news, every publication, every major publication, all the minor publications. On um, the uh, cable news, it was on MSNBC a couple times, CNN, even CNN Hispanol uh, has Dennis Febo doing an interview the other day. So it's, it's everywhere. Um, but I got to talk to some of the grassroots organizations, and that's where I really do prefer to speak with because they're the people doing the work on the ground. Mm-hmm. CNN and the rest of them, it's just amplifying the information, sometimes good, sometimes bad, but they're not doing the work. Uh, so I got to talk with, a, a, I did an interview with Ignite Justice with uh, Jennifer and Kenneth, uh, and, and, and that was really nice. I also got to share some poetry with, them. we had a nice long conversation. Uh, then I did a, another interview with my brother uh, Tutmos in Atlanta on uh, their station there at the FM station. Uh, that was really cool. Uh, you know, he is the Oh,
1: shout out to African- Brother Tut, Man, that's
3: my man. Yeah, Brother Thutmose. And uh, the host was uh, Kwaku Lumumba. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Thutmose is the African Union chairman. So that's very important that he is a slavery abolitionist that has been for years. He's been helping us right. to, to communicate with the African nations in order to get support on this issue. So that was very powerful, too. And we just got an interview came up today, as a matter of fact, with Newsy, uh, Savannah Eldridge on uh, Newsy. Uh, it's a little frustrating sometimes because none of these publications really get it right completely. You know, they do the best they can, but sometimes they screw it up or they say information that, not, that isn't true. Um, like Newsy said that the ACLU's report said there's uh, prison labor is worth $2 billion. No, the ACLU report said it's worth $11 billion. It's a lot more right. than $2 billion, you know what I mean? It's $11 billion industry just for the labor of inmates. Um, that's not counting the cost to keep them in these places, which is way more than $11 billion. Um, and others repeat the confusion that comes out of like Louisiana, which we'll hear a little bit later to clarify on, but we just had right. uh, that our plan is working, our strategy is working, and this has become among the top topics in the United States as it should be. you sir? You
1: know, we uh, we had a couple of commercials too, so you know we've been <laughs> on for three years now, and we've been commercial free, but for the first time. You all are going to hear a commercial this evening. So here's a commercial, and I'll tell you more about it after you listen to it.
5: Hello? Hi. Do you have a minute to talk about
2: slavery in Vermont? (laughs) I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Did you know that Vermont's constitution still allows for slavery to be legal? In Vermont? That can't be right. I thought we were the first state to abolish slavery. We've never completely abolished slavery, here or anywhere else in the U.S. There are exceptions in Vermont's Constitution, like allowing slavery for the payments of debts and fines, and for people under the age of 21. That's horrifying. How do we change that? Actually, you can vote to change it this year. Just vote yes on Proposal 2. It's already been approved by the Vermont legislature. Now it's our turn. That's easy. We just vote yes on Proposal 2, and we abolish slavery. No exceptions? That's it. That's a no-brainer. Honestly, I don't know why we haven't done this already.
6: Our Constitution should reflect our values. It's time to abolish slavery. No exceptions. Vote yes on Proposal 2.
5: Well, there
1: you have it. The Prop 2 radio ad uh, that ran in... uh... In Vermont. So shout out to all who made that possible up in
3: Vermont. That is awesome. And they're going to, yeah. They're playing yeah. St- uh, statewide as well. Um, you know, it, it just warms my heart, man. After all of this work, these all these years, just before you and I even met a dozen years ago, you know what I mean? I had been plugging at this and plugging, it. And to see it come to this point now where in Tennessee, they've got billboards. With uh, it saying y'all, slavery hasn't been abolished in Tennessee. Vote yes on three to remove the exception. I'm like, and then to hear commercials coming out of the state of Vermont. You know what I mean? And see all these states organizing and, and getting it done. It just yeah, I, I don't even know what to say, man. Yeah, it's just oh,
1: amazing. Yeah, it's
3: it's it's
1: it's, it's, it's amazing. Yes. Just just all the time when I think when we first came on air, and I mean, it was those on the inside just wanted us to shed light on some of the things that were going on inside. We had no (laughs) idea that it was going to turn out to this.
3: Uh, Well, it was kind of just the plan, but, you know, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. (laughs) Exactly.
1: And for it to happen this fast.
3: Right, it it happened so quickly, and I believe that occurred not long after we started abolition today, when we helped to form the ASNN. Um, you mm-hmm. and I and the others got together and formed the ASNN, and then it was like you know we were working with rocket fuel after that. In just a short right. years, we did more than just advocate. Uh, we literally have changed constitutions in the United States, and we're going to change a lot more. Uh, I just can't imagine anywhere, any other time other than, say, prohibition or the legalization of marijuana where something like this has been done. And even that wasn't constitutional, the uh, legalization of marijuana. Prohibition was. Right. So since prohibition, there's never been a movement like this.
1: Yeah, not based on the Constitution. Right, based on wow. the Constitution. Just, so,
3: it's just awesome. Well, let's – uh,
1: yeah, you wanna jump into to, to uh some of the reviews of the states that we wanna prevent uh, this
3: week? Uh yeah, well we're gonna give we, we picked ourselves from each state so that uh we can amplify their voices. Again, as we said, throw these thunderbolts down, uh some of the best they've had to offer and let them tell mm-hmm. you what they what's going on and what they want, what they think. Uh, It's them that should be highlighted at this point with just another week to go. Uh, The next time we're on air, is going to be two days before election, Um, so nine days away. Uh, So we definitely want to give them a chance to speak throughout. We also want to give you a chance, too. So if you want to chime in during the program, uh, take the opportunity in between the clips because some of them are pretty long. Uh, The number is 515-605-9814, 515-605-9814, and remember to press 1 on your keypad so that we know you have a question or comment. Uh, But yeah, this one, next one, we're going to start with Oregon um, and some of the testimony that came out originally in Oregon from Senator James Manning, a pretty amazing spokesperson for the cause. So let's go ahead and play that. You're listening to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org, with Max Fartis and Yusuf Hassan, and we are only nine days away from making history again. Abolition, abolition,
6: abolition. Uh, What we're going to be doing is, uh, because the number of individuals that have signed up for the various bills that we have today, we will be using a timer for three minutes. I believe that was uh, noted to most of the individuals, so... Uh, what we'll do at this point, I'm going to continue to take testimony from elected officials uh, on uh, these two uh, matters, submit on the memorial and the uh, resolution, uh, and you'll have three minutes to uh, make your point on either or both. And then uh, at some point close to 8.30, uh, we will be needing to uh, check in to make certain that we accommodate uh, the guest for the another bill that will be uh, uh, heard later today. So with that, I'm going to start with Senator uh, Manning, I would like for you to go ahead and make any opening statements that you'd like to make our testimony on these two bills. Thank you Mr. Chair, thank you uh, Vice Chair committee members.
7: Uh, for the record, my name is James Ivory Manning Jr. I'm the Senator from Senate District 7, which is North and West Eugene, up to and including Junction City, Monroe, and Lancaster. Today I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to follow uh, U.S. Senator Jeff Merkley uh, in support of these two measures, which are uh, SJM-2 and SJR-10. Uh, Senator Merkley pretty much laid everything out uh, as to the intent of the 13th Amendment and what it and what it has done and the pathway it has laid for people of color and particularly African americans uh, He had mentioned one fact that really uh, hit home is that. Because of the color of your skin, in some of these states, you can still be walking down the street and get accused of something and either wind up doing life imprisonment or either being dead because of the color of your skin. This is something that I live with every day. I worry about it. I'm concerned about it. My children, I am, to be honest with you, I am concerned each and every time they go outside of the house. Because they are, just by the color of their skin, they are targets. Targets of society. Targets of a society that's built on racism, slavery, and oppression. Colleagues, these two bills, these two measures here are really important. And we will find out where the hearts actually are for Oregonians when we start voting on this measure. We will find out who is who and where your humanity really lies. I'm hoping that we all agree upon slavery no matter what form is wrong and there are things that we can do right now to try to correct all of the injustice. It won't erase it. It will not erase it. But children yet to be born can benefit from the actions that we take today. I conclude my comments. Thank you, Mr. Chair, for this opportunity. Abolition. Abolition.
0: Abolition. Oh, yeah,
1: we definitely thank Senator James Manning of Oregon for his testimony and his support on S D 10 in Oregon.
3: Max? Yeah, and that has morphed now into Measure 112. So if you are in Oregon, you if you haven't already voted for Measure 112, make sure you go do that. Um, this is Oregon's chance to remove their slavery exception clause, a powerful testimony from James Manning, he was very serious, too. He does have that fear. Many of us have that fear, uh, because with this mass incarceration thing that they've got going on, uh, often we are killed or maimed along the way or shot for no apparent reason. Uh, we always seem to be some kind of a threat no matter what we're doing, whether you're holding a sandwich or a lighter or a cell phone or nothing at all. Hell, we've re- reported stories here where people were handcuffed in the squad cars and somehow managed to get shot in the head mm-hmm. in the back seat, uh, you know? So we are afraid um, of this. If you look at how many bodies the police and and add in prison guards, too, and personnel, too, because, you know, they're involved in a lot of killings. If you it put all those together over the past decade, you're talking about filling Yankee Stadium twice, that's how many bodies are drafted. It's, it's just crazy. It's
0: just so, crazy. Yeah,
3: we're afraid. Right. You know, because we can imagine that. And, and they all look like us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So yeah, it is something to be afraid of. of. But there's an answer. The answer is to end freaking slavery. Uh, you know, and we can move forward now, once we do that, towards reducing the slave catchers that are out here hunting because slavery is legal. You know, I can get a little harsh sometimes, but I'm serious as a heart attack. <laughs> right. Um, I did right. want to go back so to Tennessee. So measure 112. Yes, measure 112. I wanted to go back to Tennessee to remind, to remind people that you have to vote for governor. You, if you vote to end slavery, uh, uh, which is Amendment 3, it means nothing if you don't vote for governor. You can write in a name. You can write in Yusuf Hassan for voter uh, for governor of Tennessee. <laughs> you know, doesn't matter, but you got to put something there, otherwise it doesn't count. Definitely,
1: I'm glad you added that in there. Also, if you're sending in absentee ballots in Tennessee, the absentee ballot must be received by election day. If you're in Oregon, your absentee ballot must be postmarked by election day. And not received not later than seven days after election day. So, you got to drop it in. You got to drop it in the mailbox on that Monday if you planning on to have it postmarked by Tuesday. You know, if you wait to Tuesday, it might not make it. So
3: it might not make
1: it. Definitely get that uh, in there.
3: Reminder, uh, if you do want to have a question or comment, uh, remember to press 1 on your keypad and uh, dial-in number is 505-605-9814, 515 605 because we're about to get in some deep waters pretty soon, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I got a call not too long ago from Representative Edmund Jordan out of Louisiana. Yeah. He was mm-hmm. the gentleman... Who uh, was the? Well, he wasn't the author of the bill because the ASNN and the uh, Decarcerate Louisiana wrote the bill, but he was the, the sponsor of the bill, original sponsor, both times, 2021 and 2022. And uh, he called me because I publicly called him out what had occurred. And for those that don't know, it's it's in quite a bit of the news, particularly in Louisiana is that the sponsor of our bill has decided that he, would, he w- doesn't want to vote yes for the bill, and he has advised others not to vote yes for the bill, saying that it could make things worse. <clears throat> now, he said that you could see judges sentence people to slavery because of the language that he uh, says in this bill. And, and, you know, I'm saying all this with air quotes kind of, because the bill actually says slavery and involuntary servitude are prohibited and then there's a period after that. There's no Mm -hmm. comma, there's no except, there's not a but, there's not an otherwise, that's it. It says that right there, that it's prohibited, period, which is what we wanted. Under that, in a subsection, it says, does not interfere with the otherwise lawful administration of the criminal justice system, right? We all knew that. He asked. He agreed to that when they suggested it, because the Senate said, you know, Utah did it, and they had this exception. What if we put that in there? Would you have any problem with it? And we didn't have a problem with it in Utah, and we didn't have a problem with it in Louisiana. So we mm-hmm. win, he turns around and says, nah, that's a problem. We're going to do it again next year. Uh, let me clarify some things, and then I'll tell you how the, this conversation ended up. Uh, first of all, slavery is legal in Louisiana right now. It is literally a slave mm-hmm. state with a plantation where uh, people are picking cotton and all kinds of other laborers mm-hmm. or just being warehoused in bodies. We've all seen the horror stories of what's going on in Louisiana. And people who uh, commit a felony in Louisiana are sentenced to hard labor. That's involuntary servitude right there. You're sentencing people to hard labor, real hard labor, and have been doing it now uh, since the beginning of the state's creation. So how are you going to get worse than slavery already? I don't know. And if you think some judge is going to sentence somebody to literal slavery, say, you, you know what? Because of this thing, I'm going to sentence you to slavery. You are going to be owned and operated by the state. Um, I dare him to do it. And I told him that. I dare him to do it. Uh, are you some, hold on for a minute and cover for me.
4: Okay. <laughs> that was
1: unexpected. But just as he was saying, you know, uh, when you look at Section 2. Because when I first read it, I said, wow, that's like some kind of hidden loophole. But, yeah, Section 1 just makes it abundantly clear that slavery and involuntary servitude are prohibited. So that's a period there. And if they do try something, because Section 1 exists, that at least gives someone the opportunity to take it to court and argue it. Right now, they can't even argue it in court.
3: Right, Max. Exactly. I'm back. Uh, My daughter had brought me dinner. (laughs) She knew that we had this long trip, so Hey, Danny, uh, I'm hungry. (laughs) To bring you some dinner. (laughs) But yeah, so we had this conversation, and I said, "I I dare him to do it. Uh, Let's see what the world will say when a judge sentences somebody to literal slavery and says it out loud." Because I know they feel brave. Let them do it, and let's see Mm -hmm. what happens. The big concern is this. Because everybody there is sentenced to hard labor. It's part of their sentence. They're afraid that all of those sentences will get challenged. They said it when we were uh, debating the bill um, very clearly that that's their problem. They are afraid of that. And they said right. they don't – when I say they, I mean particularly like Senator Seebau <laughs> saying we don't want to open <laughs> up a right. can of worms like that, which was effectively saying to all of Louisianans – Your freedom is not as important as our convenience. Our convenience is what's important. So we don't want to even bother that because it's too much work. You just go ahead and stay slaves and keep getting sentenced to hard labor and slavery. Uh, So, yeah, (laughs) I called him out on it briefly, and he was upset about that. And he said, you know, we got a difference of opinion. Um, My opinion is I think things can get worse, and I want to do it next year. I reminded him that the people who worked on this on the ground may not be able to do it next year because the sacrifices that they've made have been overwhelming. I mean, literally right. putting their lives on the line and you know, everything right. on the line. And you're saying, like, you know, I don't like the way that is. So uh, I'm going to agree with this Republican who said he wants to keep slavery and just tell you guys to do it again. Like, it's so easy. <laughs> you know? Like, it's no big deal. Uh, so it, mm. it was frustrating. It was frustrating. And I agree to just go on to the, that we can agree to disagree on this issue. Um, I don't think his logic is sound. Um, neither does most of the, the other people who are involved in this fight believe that that right. logic is sound. But that's what he thinks. And because of that, we're actually going to bring him on the program and discuss it with him on the 13th, which is our season finale for Abolition Today. We'll have Representative Edmund Jordan uh, come on. And it'll be either after we've won or lost in Louisiana. And he can tell us right. what he thinks and feels himself. <laughs> that's going to be a day. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be you a whole You finale.
4: already know why I'm
1: laughing. Yeah, you know why I'm laughing, Max.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, you know, let you know if you're listening, uh, Representative, we don't plan on fighting and beating you up. We don't do that here. You know what I mean? We're going to have logical... Mm-mm. And reasonable conversation Just like you and I had That's how we roll Okay uh, And it is after the fact anyway So you know We'll be talking about something That's already in the past That's so, right Yeah and you know Since I've been talking about All of that with them in Louisiana Maybe we should just go ahead And move on to uh the next clip Which is Louisiana mm-hmm. Brother Curtis right. Davis Feels the same way And he had to break down this uh, He had to explain uh, exactly where he's coming from Where we're coming from So let's listen to Curtis Davis uh, Who uh, recording out on the 25th Countering the confusion And you'll hear in the background Fire on the bio From the Neville brothers You're listening to Abolition Today abolition org. We'll be right back after this abolition. Abolition.
0: Abolition. 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 abolition abolition Peace and love
8: family How y'all doing man Well today is the first day For early voting in the state of louisiana october 25th and um i decided to go live this morning because there's a lot of confusion about the amendment Seven ballot and you got um so many people saying so many things that really don't know anything about what this struggle is for you know and it's easy for you to say that things might get worse um for um prisoners when you don't know or you never been in a condition where prisoners are at. I've got a lot of brothers that I love in Angola, DCI, Hunt. i got sisters that I love in um, LCIW and all of the correctional centers across the United States, as a matter of fact. And this has been my life's work. So now we've been working for the last several years to take the Slavery Exception Clause out of the Louisiana Constitution. i like to start by saying Happy Juneteenth, but slavery still legal, all right? So while we're barbecuing and having fun and saying, you know, ooh, it was cool, man. Um, What's up, Freddie? Um, it's, it's, it, it was cool, you know, when the um, Union soldiers came through Galveston and decided that we needed to try to figure out um, – how to let them know that, man, y'all free. The Amantiplation Proclamation just made y'all free. And boom, it's all wrapped up. 1865. But in 1865, all they done was transferred slavery into another condition, right? So the 13th Amendment of the United States Constitution says slavery and involuntary servitude are prohibited except and remember that, except conjunction, right? Slavery and involuntary servitude are prohibited. So if you've got a conjunction that comes after that, that means that it hasn't been prohibited. It said, except for those duly convicted of a crime, right? I was in Angola prison. I went in 1990. And I went for something that I didn't do, a second-degree murder that took place in, um, in Shreveport and they transported me from Compton, California on a Delta Airlines flight with two US Marshals and brought me to Louisiana and convicted me on a 10-2 verdict. Two people in my jury trial said that I, I don't believe that he done the crime, crime. That is what's called a reasonable doubt or the gold symbol of standards of justice throughout the whole United States of America. I went to prison for 25 years Nine months and 16 days for a crime that I didn't commit. But the problem in that is not just that I went to prison. Because we're not even going to harp on the, the pain and the agony that, that's involved in being incarcerated in the first place, right? When I got to Angola, they issued me some some hard boots, a couple of, um, pairs of hard jeans. And some shirts. And the next morning, they call a work call. They say, everybody get up. Come out here. We're going to pick cotton. Yeah. We all like to think that if during slavery we was involved in that situation, we would have been amongst the abolitionists. We would have been amongst the people that said, hey, man, I, uh, I ain't got nothing to do with that. I ain't working and I'm not going to uh, force somebody to work for free. Right? That's not true. When they got those guns on you. And they say, go to work, you finna go to work, or they gonna force you to by violence. The state is gonna sanction violence against any individual that don't want to go to work this morning. And so I got out there and I started picking the cotton, right? Started cutting up my fingers. Cotton hurts. Cotton has sticker bushes on it. Cotton is, is a mean-spirited thing. But that's not the only thing I've done in Angola. I'm my flow. I've picked okra, I've picked greens, I've picked squash. I've worked till can't see in the morning, till can't see at night But nothing. The people gave us two cents an hour. After 25 years of constant labor, I came home with $124, all right? While I was in prison, I started writing, protesting, organizing, trying to make sure that people understand that this is actually slavery, right? Just because you give me two cents an hour don't mean nothing. Now, I told you what the 13th Amendment said when I first started this, but the Louisiana Constitution says that slavery and involuntary servitude are abolished except in the latter case as punishment for a crime. So if you can punish somebody for a crime, if I can get you convicted, then I can transport you back to slavery. So guess what happened right after slavery? They came with what was called the black code. When they got the black code, they started um, outlawing black behavior because they didn't want Negroes to be getting out in the world, in the street, with all of that stuff that they had learned on the plantation. Because remember, black people were the skilled laborers. The black people had all of the know-how. We knew, we were the blacksmiths, the carpenters, the cooks, the every every known skill that happened. White people didn't do it because they bought slaves to do it. You guys have to understand that this is so, so serious. So guess what? We got it on the book. We actually went to the legislature two years in a row, and in the second year, we have an amendment on the ballot across the state of Louisiana that will allow you to say yes, I want the language changed in the Louisiana Constitution that says vote yes on seven, and it'll say slavery and involuntary servitude are prohibited. Period right with a little dot on the end it has a subsection that everybody is claiming that's harming everything about this movement it says subsection one will not apply to the otherwise lawful activity of the criminal justice system please understand this if slavery and involuntary servitude are prohibited period That makes the first two things unlawful, right? Subsection one says that, um, subsection two says that this will not apply to the otherwise lawful activity of the criminal justice system. You got some people that's mad, mad, mad right now because this law has sat on the books for 157 years. All of a sudden, people want to get, um, 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 this might might expand slavery. It's impossible to expand slavery. Everybody who is convicted of a crime in the state of Louisiana is sentenced to hard labor. Did you know that? That's why they mad. Because if you say, uh, we don't want no slavery, we don't want no involuntary servitude, some of the representatives say, man, this might open up a can of worms where people can start challenging their convictions because they've been convicted at hard labor I'm telling y'all the truth right now you can watch the news you can listen to these people that don't care nothing about you your children or your future tell you to vote no and keep slavery and voluntary servitude language in your Constitution but if you a black person if you a white person with good conscience if you are any type of morally upright human being, you would have to vote yes to take this language out of your Constitution. And remember, it's a first step. Guess what? The Louisiana Black Caucus said vote no. <coughs> the House Democratic Party said vote no. The sponsor of our bill, he didn't even write the bill. He said, man, uh, We might have unexpected consequences. It got into a newspaper, a conservative paper, a couple of months ago with the chief opponent of this bill, who is a Republican, and said, Hey, I I think um, we might have made a mistake, y'all. Let's just go on vote. No, right now, and we'll try to fix it next year. Remember this, black people, family, Facebook family, comrades, white um, um, sympathizers. If we don't get this passed this year, if we don't get a yes vote on seven, it will never be another opportunity in our lifetime to take this bill off of the books. We have the bill on the books in five states for November. Vermont, Alabama, Tennessee, Louisiana, and Oregon. This is part of a bigger campaign. We'll have 20 states on the ballot next year. We can't afford to lose Louisiana. We have to ratify the 13th Amendment by 2024, which would become the 28th Amendment, where there will be no slavery or involuntary servitude anywhere in the United States. So this is Louisiana. You are part of a bigger picture you can't just sit back and listen to what people say of how the bill is probably maybe written this bill is right here you can go to your legislative um, government website and read how the constitution would really look it says slavery and involuntary servitude are prohibited where it says except in the latter cases punishment for a crime they would have a line through it that wouldn't exist anymore The second part said, subparagraph one of this paragraph, does not apply to the otherwise lawful activity of the criminal justice system. Remember, if the first two things are outlawed, then they're not lawful. So they're not included with the otherwise lawful stuff that they're going to continue to do. Next year, we'll deal with the otherwise lawful stuff. Take the first step. Let's take slavery off of the Louisiana Constitution. That means that you vote yes on Amendment 7. Though it's confusing, they wrote it confusing in the ballot language so that our people wouldn't understand. But know this, man, I don't care what nobody tell you. Your pastor, your representative, your good fly friend that, that's um, in the sorority that's a lawyer that um, she thinks she knows what she's talking about. And, and in my history, I, I've noticed that most people are not really um, good lawyers. You know, we get taken advantage of. They they partied at their law school. They had fun, didn't really open that many books. They showed up enough days to make sure that they could get the degree. But that don't mean that you know how this law works. You understand what I'm saying? The other day, they just, in the uh, Louisiana Supreme Court, decided that the non-unanimous Jim Crow verdict that are holding over fifteen hundred um, illegally held people in the United States um in the Louisiana prison system is not gonna be retroactive. They didn't wanna do the right thing. So why should we continue to expect them to change our reality? I want and need you guys to have good conscience about what we're doing. Don't be bamboozled. Don't let the wool be pull over your eyes. Go look at the word otherwise. It don't mean accept and accept ain't in there. <coughs> Thank you It's early in the morning We got a lot of stops to make I'm riding with Black Voters Matter right now We're going to take some people to the polls This is the first day of early voting Vote yes on 7 You get to take the slavery exception clause Out of the Louisiana Constitution Vote no on 7 That means that you pro-slavery And you want to keep it like it's been for 157 years And in the last 157 years It hasn't been beneficial for us people that look or feel like me. So do what you're supposed to do. I love you, family. And please share this. Pass this along. Let people really understand what it is. Make a conscious decision. Don't play no game. A yes vote removes the slavery exception language out of the Louisiana Constitution. A no vote on seven keeps everything like it's been. Let's make the first step. Vote yes on seven. Thank you.
0: Abolition today. Abolition. Abolition. Abolition.
1: Abolition. 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 That's it. Vote yes on seven. Thank brother Curtis Davis of Decarcerate Louisiana, and also shout out uh, Laramie Griffin uh, of the Black Votes Matters. You know that was uh, Curtis Davis. You know clearing the confusion. You know that was back on uh, the 25th and. Fire on the bio by the Nevely brothers. Uh yeah. he broke it down right there. I mean, this you know, what more can we say? I mean he broke it down step by step, gave the history of how they got to that point and gave a little hint as to some of the things that, you know, we can do moving forward. But the most important thing is, yeah, vote yes on seven. Get rid of slavery and involuntary servitude. Don't follow red herrings. Don't you know? Go for the pump fake and the fake out moves. Keep your eye on the prize. Vote yes on seven. Max.
3: Um, you know, first I want to say is people like Curtis Davis um, and the other organizers, lead organizers, and organizers across the country who are the real, the closest thing you're gonna to find to a superhero in America. Because you know we got a lot of billionaires. Max. Nobody decided to be Batman yet. And this is the next best thing right here, (laughs) you know? And they ain't billionaires. They're risking everything. They're risking their relationships. They're risking their lives. They're risking ridicule. They're risking retribution. And Mm they've seen some of that happen already. Their livelihoods are on the line, all of this, willing to get up and stand up and speak about this thing and, and turn what was a thread here and a thread there and a thread there into a rope that is really hard to break now. Uh, so they are our modern day superheroes out there. That's how I look at them. And, you know, I already look at the abolitionists of the past as superheroes. You know, that's my Bat Bands and Supermans and Wonder Woman's right there. Exactly. You know, Harry exactly. Douglas versus Wonder Woman. I'm going with Harry every time, you know.
7: Every uh, time.
3: Every time. Frederick Douglass versus Superman. Give me Frederick, <laughs> you know. Because <laughs> it ain't no such thing as a Superman. <laughs> These Ooh. are real people. <laughs> Real people, right. real lies and real everything, and they need your help. They need your support. Believe in them. If you to believe anything, believe in them. And they and, and he's telling you what he wants you to do right now. Uh, what do you got to lose? <laughs> you want to keep slavery? <laughs> Come on, man. And this is a brother. You got nothing to 20, lose without chains. Twenty-five years in prison, unjust, uh, wrongfully convicted under a Jim Crow-tended to uh, jury. Uh, And they put those in place, which were unconstitutional, and now the Supreme Court has declared they're unconstitutional. They put them in place so that they could bring in a blackface here and there and then disregard their uh, vote for whether or not a person is guilty. (laughs)
1: Like that was the whole reason
3: for it. So they could adhere. And then they
1: could enslave
3: them. Like what did Frederick say? They kind of adhere to the spirit of the law, but not to the letter of the law. Right. Black right. people got to be on the jury, but we ain't got to listen to them. That that's pretty much how it went. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. a lot of fifteen hundred people lost their freedom behind that ten-two jury, which is not retroactive. Why I don't know. And it, and Louisiana ain't the only state. Also Arkansas, right? But no Oregon. 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 Oregon also had those Jim Crow juries, uh, the White Topia, which you heard earlier from Senator Manning and his fears for his family and what they have to deal with. This is a critical moment in U.S. history, in world history, I think, because it's going to have ripple effects across the globe, and everybody's watching. We've done interviews with BBC, Al Jazeera, China News, the Indian News. Indian Times, yeah. Right, the Indian Times, the whole world is watching right now. They're saying, slavery's legal in America? And you have a choice to end it. And they want to see what the answer to that is going to be. Are you or aren't you? It's amazing. I believe that we will, and I pray that we will. I think the only way that we'll get beat is with the confusion. So the confusion they're trying to create in Louisiana, the fear tactics, talking about you going to be enslaved, mm-hmm. like they ain't snatching your ass up and locking you up for no reason at all. Right now, you know what I mean? Right. The, com- the confusion in. Um, Alabama where they don't even have a bill number for this. You got in Alabama it's critical you got to vote first to ratify the new constitution. So there's a whole new constitution that has all of the racist language taken out of it. This includes the exception to slavery. So you got to vote to ratify that and then you scroll down and you'll see amendment 10 in that section and then you click yes on amendment 10. Uh, so th- you know, we really haven't had a huge educational campaign to let people know that we just got to pray that the Lord guides their hands. You know what I mean, and that they're able to comprehend what it is they're seeing.
1: Yeah, uh, that that was a that was a tricky one, and you know, just given Alabama's just unique, tricky history, and you know, I put the I put together, you know, uh, a
3: use of X. Yeah, we're putting some facts together. Let's save that for a few minutes yet, though. We'll go through a couple things and then we'll get out of that. We want to spread it out across the next hour. We're coming up on our first hour right now. Um, yeah, time yeah, just went by it, so fast. Man. <laughs> it goes by fast. It certainly does, man. Uh, and continuing the confusion thing, you know, I was doing some searches on TikTok uh, the other day. And I'm like, well, what does yeah. TikTok think about this whole thing? So I typed in five states on the ballot, uh, slavery on the ballot in five states. I typed that in, and I saw pages and pages. I mean, TikTok was buzzing, you know, talking about slavery being abolished and whatnot. I'm like, cool, because that kind of represents the people's awareness uh, at this point, right? Uh, And then I started looking at them, and some of them were really good, very powerful, like the brother we played here, Consciously, uh, a few weeks back, right? Uh, That was from uh, TikTok. But there were some others on there, who had only read the headlines and the headlines said slavery on the ballot in five states November 8th
4: mm-hmm.
3: and they assumed that people are bringing slavery back and started putting out TikTok videos about how we're bringing slavery back and they were sharing them all over the place you know how people sit there and they watch it and, and, and listen to them talk this craziness and it was a right. lot of that there was one where a brother showed The person saying we're bringing slavery back. And then he said, if he catches anybody voting for this, he's going to burn them alive. So it's a bunch of death threats now because they think that we're bringing slavery back. I had to put out a video on TikTok myself to say, listen, y'all, don't be so damn shallow. you, You read a headline and you think you know everything about it. But that's not the case. Slavery was never abolished, and we're abolishing it. Nonetheless, this type of rhetoric and misinformation spreads quickly. What's that saying? A lie will be around the world three or four times before the truth puts, puts its boots on, <laughs> you know? Right. So, and, and when it got to the death threats part, that had me very concerned. So, as a listener, it's on you to help us keep people educated on this. Share the information. Tell your friends and family what's going on. If you're in those states, get them out there to vote. Uh, because that could be very dangerous. Yes? That's it. This this is
1: why we do what we do, and Curtis does what he does, and all of the other people working in the movement. You have to get clarity out there because this is why 157 years later, people think that slavery has been abolished because of misinformation. Because most people have never actually read the Thirteenth Amendment definitely haven't read their own state constitution because we've played clips of people in office admitting that they didn't even know it was in their state constitution. It's because once you hear Lincoln freed the slaves, that's the end of it for most people that they don't know any history of it beyond that. And every time I see a post on Twitter, it could be on any, any social media, and you start reading the comments and you just realize how huge of a curve it is for many people. Or just how misinformed they are about slavery. And it's happening right under their nose every single day. You know, so it's, it's really saddening. And scary at times. Like saying, you know, are the people even going to make it that far down the ballot? Are they going to care? But, you know, I'm... I'm hoping and praying, I believe it's going to happen, but it's just so, you know, worrisome that so many people are so misinformed on this topic, Max.
3: Well, you know, the fish stinks from the head down. Um, We can see (laughs) it in the U.S.'s own reaction to slavery in other countries, the same type of slavery they're doing here right now. So we Mm -hmm. saw... um, there's an article, for instance, that we'll share on our page from the New Atlantis that says the U.S. can lead the way to ending China's modern slavery. My brother is counting on it. And this is from uh, the end of December of 2021. It came in December 21st, 2021. And they talk about right. China and their use of prison labor, right? And so the United States mm-hmm. like, you know, what does Biden do? He – Decides to put a bill together to ban the use of uh, – or the the import of goods okay. made through prison labor from China, as well as I think it's four other states that – or four other nations yes. so, that they so have said they're not going to take it from. What do you think you are doing right here? Like there's call right. centers for phone companies where prisoners are working pennies on a the dollar. They're making eyeglasses. They're making U.S. flags. Uh, they're making components for IBM. They make yeah, gift missile packages guide. for for uh, Starbucks. Missile guidance systems. I mean, what do you think mm-hmm. you're doing here right now? Alabama, when I strike, the prisoners when I strike, right a couple of weeks ago, it shut all the their prisons down because it couldn't function without the free prisoner of labor. And they got so upset about it that they, that they had shown this uh, insanity. They exposed it uh, in the so people understand just what's going on here that they tried to starve the people who did it and not just the people who did it the whole damn prisons got starved all of it's them. like fifteen prisons they just starved them all started giving them like bread and water every day you know I'm being facetious but it was little more than that you know they were sending out pictures mm, of what it is they more. were feeding to them not much Yeah, more, it wasn't right. much more than that And what does that mean to uh, the people in Alabama, the prisons in Alabama, it means they just save some money on feeding inmates, and they're going to keep that money, <laughs> right? Like the sheriffs right. do over there. So you know they're not only committing human rights violations, but they're profiting off of it. Um, so yeah, that we saw that occur. Uh, the organizers got put in the solitary confinement. You heard last week when we were here with Kinetic Justice, um, right. and we, we've got some more, as you said with your clip, uh you did a usefx, which is pretty pretty powerful. Um, I appreciate that. Um I know you was excited when you heard the title of today's program and the intention. Yeah you know I, mean?
1: I just had the you know the song that I use As the accompaniment. You know, I had that song in my head immediately when you told me the storm before the calm. And I didn't even say that that's our episode tonight, right? The Storm yes. before the calm this This is a Maxism, because most people know <laughs> the calm before the storm, but we're talking about the storm before the calm
3: yes, uh the storm before the calm exactly uh it, that's what we're dealing with it, it, it's everywhere you look it's lightning and thunder going on, and what you've heard here tonight has been thunderbolts uh with what's been stated from people like Peter Murphy. Curtis Davis and Senator Manning and Vermont
4: Mm -hmm. uh, with
3: their commercials there. Uh, Again, props to Vermont with the commercials, man. I'm loving it. (laughs) Next year, we might be playing five or six commercials during during the election process. Go from commercial free to yes, we're playing commercials, but it's only commercials that promote ending slavery. So, Nike, if you ever want to start promoting ending slavery... (laughs) Come talk to us. Maybe maybe not Nike. It, I think Nike. They use, they use uh, cheap labor, labor overseas. But there's some companies out there that might want to spread some of that information. Come right. talk to us. <laughs> hey, hey, well,
4: that's
3: you, right. You, you got to have a little fun with this sometimes because it's just so sad and so horrible, uh, especially when you're living it. And there's so many of us that are living it. It's not. Uh, personal experience like brother Curtis in these hell holes that they call prisons it's familiar experience where it's your son your daughter your father your mother cousins all of this I, I, man, I can't imagine it's, it's just horrible so many times I went to venues as a spoken word artist and you know I always talk about slavery abolition even when I'm doing my spoken words, and I ask people things like How many here have a family member who are in prison or jail right now? And if I'm in, like, a predominantly non-minority area, you might see five or six hands go up, maybe 10% of the people. But if you're in a black community or brown community, almost every single hand goes up. And that's the reality that we're dealing with. And that's why there's so little empathy, because the communities that don't have to deal with this, like Curtis said – uh, are unable mm-hmm. to conceive of the trauma that is occurring day in and day out They don't understand why Senator Manning is afraid for his family Because it doesn't affect them And you, you have, do the right you know, thing? and a
1: lot of times Yeah, and a lot of times in the other communities The people that get arrested there They're the ones that, they, you know, to them They deserve to be there You know, this is like Billy's breaking into everybody's car in the neighborhood Or Chad is, you know, he's been on drugs his whole life, you know, that type of thing, the ones that they would consider, you know, the the stains on the community, you know, not officers just posting up or constantly patrolling neighborhoods looking for people to just round up, you know, so they don't have that going on in their neighborhoods, so they don't understand it. There are no checkpoints in their neighborhoods. You know, because if they they did checkpoints in they but you don't think people there are driving around with suspended licenses and drugs and, you know, open beer cans and illegal weapons on All of that's going on over there, but they don't police those neighborhoods the way they police our neighborhoods.
3: And, you know, I'm not in denial that we're dealing with some bad situations in our communities, drugs and violence and crimes and things like that. But incarceration is not the answer to every question. Uh, There's a lot of social work that needs to be done. You need to address the poverty. That's really the first place to begin uh, where people are in desperate situations. Homelessness is rampant and joblessness is rampant. This leads to depression. And when people get into depression, they start taking drugs and drinking Uh, You know, everything starts falling apart, uh, and you need to start at the root of the problems and deal with that first. You don't have to call a cop for everything. If a person is addicted to drugs and that's what's their driving force behind what they're doing, how about trying to take them to a rehab, uh, rehabilitation centers? Let's build more of those. Right. You know, Um, let's make sure that children are able to skip that whole school to private a prison pipeline and get the proper educations they need and not have to worry about whether or not they can afford it. You know? It's in all our benefit. The whole country would benefit by brighter people, more smarter people, right? More people with these degrees and opportunities to change things. We'd all benefit from that. And why would do we need to make it like some gold ring that you got to try to capture and never can seem to get because it's on the end of a stick somebody's pulling. You know, hmm. I mean, think hmm. about it like this: We spend more money to incarcerate a teenager in California than they do to send them to Harvard. <laughs> like it would be right. cheaper to send them to Harvard than to incarcerate them for one year. So we choose incarceration, and how does that help? And then it helps communities, their pockets. communities dealing with uh, abject poverty, like where. Uh, Khalif Browder grew up, right, with his mother and uh, was in in poverty, Mm -hmm. right? Right. You're incarcerating him for over a half a million dollars a year. If you just invested $50,000 a year, you might have changed their entire life, and you never would have seen any of their family members, you know? Just make an investment in humanity rather than uh, creating these hurdles that are almost impossible to overcome. (laughs)
1: too much. <laughs> you know. So we you got another say? commercial. We we yeah. got another commercial out there.
4: So that's part right, for yeah,
1: another commercial break. Three let's years from another... the air, we've had no commercials. We got two commercials tonight. So here's the second of all two commercials you listen to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org with Max Parthas and Yusuf Hassan, we'll be back in 60 seconds.
2: Ugh, I hate election season. Lawn signs are everywhere, and it's all for these people who promise to do something, but nothing ever really changes. Well, something can change this year. We can get rid of slavery in Vermont. (laughs) Right, that's not a thing. No, I'm serious. There are still exceptions to slavery in Vermont's Constitution. What? That's awful. Yeah, it is. But we can change it by voting yes on Proposal 2 this year. But doesn't that have to go through, like, senators and stuff? It already has. Twice. Now it's up to Vermonters to do our part. The Constitution can't change without us. It's our document, after all. Wow. So we can just check a box, and we can get rid of slavery in our state? No exceptions? Pretty cool, right? Honestly, it's shocking we haven't done it already. Yeah, it's way past time. All right. I'm going to vote yes on Proposal 2.
6: Our Constitution should reflect our values. It's time to abolish slavery. No exceptions. Vote yes on Proposal 2.
3: You got me cheesing again. <laughs> so Vermont. Uh, Vermont Race and Justice Alliance. Uh, that was Proposition 2 radio ad for friends. Uh, the one you heard earlier was for organizers. Uh, it's just brilliant, and I love it. And do it again. <laughs> you know? They also have a full page ad out in their uh, newspaper out there. Uh, and the ASNN is creating full page ads across the five states as well. Uh, so, you know, the more people know, the better it is. Uh, do you remember the percentage of people that were aware there was an exception clause when we did the poll last year with Worth Rises? Right. Yeah, what was it uh, only 81% did not know? I think that was a number. 81% did not know right. some crazy, that there was an some crazy involved. amount. I would uh, say that now in 2022, just before election, we probably whittled that down to about 60%. <laughs> you know what I mean? At least 40% of the country's heard in some way, shape, or form about the abolitionist movement, about the slavery abolitionists we're trying to achieve. So that's a big push forward. I'm and uh, it's because of things like this Vermont being brilliant and, and doing what they need to do uh, to get this done with uh, incredible commercials uh, with billboards out and the articles everywhere and TV shows and interviews and everything, you know, even the song. <laughs> Cause you know, we got a hell right. of an archive of music, <laughs> but even the music is out there is talking about it. Speaking of music, brother, let's go ahead and get into the USFX you created. Um, Oh yeah Unless we have a caller uh, I do want Because this is a little long If we have a caller uh, Let us know now Otherwise we're about to get into it Nope All right So this is our UFX for tonight It's Storm Riders uh, With Brother Kinetic Justice uh, And also Pastor Kenneth Glasgow And there's one We say it's anonymous But that's Brother Bob You know Tom and Bob Are the advocates On the inside of the wall <laughs> Code right. Tom and Bob. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. It's a message from Bob out of Alabama Prisons, and it's mixed with The Doors, Riders on the Storm, a cappella. You're listening to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org with Max Partis and Yusuf Hassan, and we're only are nine days away from five states voting on whether or not to remove slavery exception clauses. We'll be right back after this.
0: Abolition. Abolition.
9: Riders on the storm. Riders on the storm. Into this house we're born. Into this world we're thrown. Like a dog without a bone and actor out on loan.
10: Riders
9: on the storm.
10: These are some of the boldest people that you will ever encounter. You know, I've been incarcerated 30 years, right at 30 years, and I've been dealing with uh, the mentality and the mindset of people in positions of authority in Alabama, and they have a sense of entitlement um, that no one has the right to challenge. You know what I'm saying? They, uh, They don't hide too many things. I'm talking about they'll tell you straight up, you know what I'm saying? We don't care about you filing lawsuits about police brutality. You'll learn eventually that, you know, you can't get bunned out the morgue. You know what I'm saying? We got people who going to pay the bills. You know, we don't care about you or somebody that ain't right. We don't care about not feeding y'all. We'll let the world see we ain't feeding y'all. We starving y'all. We don't care.
4: We don't mm-hmm. care what
10: y'all talking about, what y'all got to say. You know what I'm saying? This is one thing I keep telling people about Alabama, that. The first thing about Alabama, you have to understand is that they are some of the most diehard, prideful people on the planet. I'm talking about they can be dead wrong, but they will not relent. They will not give in. They will stand firm to the end. They will do that. The next thing you have to understand about them is they only respect two things, bloodshed and money. That's all they respect. They don't care about you filing lawsuits. They don't care about you exposing them in the media. They don't care about paying you fines and fees. They don't care about any of that. You know, that's that's, that's irrelevant to them. Exerting their will over the people that they say they govern and control, that these my people, you know, that These my slaves. I ain't gonna let them go, I don't care what happened. Look at the brother Willie Simmons. The whole world been talking about his story for years. You know, he's been in prison 40-something years for $9. I'm talking about Kim Kardashian, you know, different legislators from different states. Alabama don't care nothing about what you talking about. He a slave, He $20,000 a month, I mean a year, and that's $100,000 every five years. So I don't care what you talking about. I ain't letting go of these slaves under no circumstances. And that's what people have to understand about Alabama, that it takes drastic things for them to do the right thing. You know, uh, lately I've been trying to give people context to understanding, you know, not just what we're going through in prison, because there's a lot of things that go on in prisons across the country that are similar to what we deal with. But we have a unique situation in Alabama. I'm We have a unique situation because we have a slave master who has never even pretended like he let his slaves go. You know, in Alabama, they have not pretended from the beginning. In the 1860s, it took the federal government and guns to come down here to make them so-called release the bodies. And as soon as they got situated, it took the federal government to come down here for reconstruction. Then when they left, they had to come right back in the early 1900s to stop peonage. Then they left, and they had to come right back with guns to start convict leasing. Then they Uh left, and they had to come right back with guns to make them segregate schools. Then they had to come—Alabama is never going to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. It's going to always take force. It's going to always either take bloodshed or money. And, you know, on the inside, we understand that we ain't in no position to be talking about no bloodshed with nobody.
3: We interrupt our program to bring you this important message.
11: This is a message from the incarcerated and enslaved men and women being held in inhumane and unconstitutional conditions in Alabama state prisons. We have been subjected to some of the worst human rights violations in the world. These violations were investigated and thoroughly documented by the Department of Justice, which first began to release its findings in April of 2019. Said violations include warehousing inmates in overcrowded and dilapidated buildings, unsafe and unsecure environments with lack of personnel, use of excessive force by staff, inadequate access to proper health care, insufficient nutrition, falsified documents for causes of death, and more. These conditions existed long before we began to document them and seek remedy from the DOJ in 2012. From 2012 to present, we have compiled information and evidence, including but not limited to pictures, videos, statements, and first-hand accounts of situations and circumstances as they unfolded. We were encouraged by the DOJ to do this, and in doing so, we were targeted by the ADOC for retaliation, even though it is supposed to be illegal for them to do so. Organizers were rooted out, put on constant rotation through the system, harassed, beat, thrown in holes, poisoned, and targeted for murder. On top of this, the ADOC began to wage a secret chemical war on its inmate population to keep control of this unstable, overcrowded, and understaffed prison system. Before the chemicals, most of us were healthy. It was normal to see people working out, reading books, and attending classes. They had life in them and hope was still alive. They systematically killed classes, chapel services, visitation, and any other means we had of rehabilitating. Took our yard time citing security reasons and stacked everyone on top of each other in these chemical smoke-filled warehouses. Imagine a smoked-out bar or club with no ventilation and the smoke is toxic. I likened them to Auschwitz gas chambers. This is no less than genocide on a large scale and it has been our reality for the last ten years. Now most of us are skin and bone, shadows of our former selves, walking around like real-life zombies. It has become normal to see a man standing in one spot, talking to the air for hours, crying out to God, screaming, calling for his mother, or trying to kill himself. This is no longer an American criminal justice issue. This is a humanitarian crisis on the world scale. The Universal Declaration of Human Rights document was drafted by representatives with different legal and cultural backgrounds from all regions of the world and proclaimed by the United Nations General Assembly in Paris on December 10, 1948, General Assembly Resolution 217A. Article 3 states everyone has the right to life, liberty, and security of person, yet we are denied the basic essentials of life and our persons are in constant danger. Article 4 states no one shall be held in slavery and servitude, slavery, and the slave trade shall be prohibited in all their forms. Yet in the United States, slavery took the form of the criminal justice system through the 13th Amendment, where we are incarcerated, enslaved, and worked for free, or a slave wage of 40 cents a day. Article 5 states no one shall be subjected to torture or to cruel, inhumane, or degrading treatment or punishment. Yet yeah, we are warehoused in overcrowded modern-day gas chambers in vile and sickening conditions with no access to proper health care or the proper nutrition. Chemical, psychological, and even biological warfare has been waged on us in direct violation of the Geneva Conventions. In closing, we have asked the Alabama legislature to hold ADOC accountable and nothing happened. We then asked the DOJ and the federal government to hold ADOC accountable. Still nothing has happened. Now we ask the United Nations and the world to hold the United States responsible for these atrocities. Every man and woman on this planet have inalienable rights in which the government is supposed to be the progenitor and protector of, having been established and vested with such power by the people for that specific purpose. There's an
12: epiphany that's going to happen with Alabama. And that epiphany may come out November 8th. That epiphany may come October 31st when they go back on strike. That epiphany may finally come when the DOJ decides to really, really do something. That epiphany might come because somebody's hearing us now and say, Hey, let us go down to Alabama. Riders on
9: the storm. Riders on the storm. Into this house we're born, into this world we're thrown. Like a dog without a bone, an actor out alone, riders on the storm. Abolition. Abolition.
0: Abolition. 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 Well, you just heard the use of
1: X, Storm Riders. That's Kinetic Justice, and that was... uh. Tom or Bob down at Alabama Department Bob. of Corrections. Tom and Bob. There's an <laughs> anonymous video they put out. Make sure you go to our Abolition Today page. You should already be following it, but make sure you go there because that audio comes with the full video. He's just walking around. Uh, you can see that there's homelessness inside of the prison system because their prisons are overcrowded. So you have guys that are just laying in the middle of nowhere. Because they have no else to lay down And then you also heard Pastor Kenneth Glasgow And that was accompanied by Riders on the Storm from the Doors As well as the acapella version Max?
3: Oh yeah man um, you got When you're talking about overcrowding You're talking about prisons up with As much as 320% capacity right now mm-hmm. um, He mentioned in there and, and let me point out The reason that you You know is Tom and Bob And that they had to change their voices because the retaliation is brutal uh, they face Mm -hmm. by exposing these crimes against humanity. And he was telling you the truth right now, that they're violating international laws and treaties like the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, uh, which tells, as he said, that slavery is abolished in all its forms. There's nowhere in the Universal Declaration of Human Rights that it, where it says, except for America, who can put it in their constitution and practice it legally without anybody saying anything. It doesn't say that. Right. It. It, it's universal, abolished. And here we are still with it in our constitutions. Like, you know, we have no dams to give. We're looking around, can't find any. <laughs> no da- and I, damn is the nice version. To give about whether or not slavery <laughs> is still legal in this country. Um, And it's just – it's crazy, and the hypocrisy is boundless, as we just pointed out. They're vilifying other countries who use far less prison labor than we do, who incarcerate far less people than we do. And we are daring to even say, you know, you're the bad ones. (laughs) We incarcerate more people than China and Iran combined. Per capita, more than China and Iran combined. <laughs> and they got a billion people in China. A I was going to say that, four people. times the population there. Right. And, and it's so racially and class-based that the top five populated African nations have almost 600 million people in those – as men and women and children, 600 million We've only got 47 million people who identify as black according to the census, and we still have more black men in cages than they do. It's just mind-blowing. 600 million. Yeah, it it really is when you (laughs) sit back and think about it. Yeah.
1: Like those are hard numbers right there, hard
4: numbers. It, it so let's crazy.
1: clarify the two issues on the ballot for Alabama. We we can't walk away without clarifying those two. They want oh, yes to vote yes on both of them. Yes. Oh, yes. Go ahead. Uh, we did yeah, how how to, to vote? Again. Right. So, again, there are two. One is the proposed constitution to appear on the ballot statewide, and you must vote yes on that one. And then there's statewide amendment 10. You also want to vote yes on that. There's some other amendments, but for the purposes of this show, we don't care about those. We care about the one that's going to give, I guess it's basically like saying giving the permission to even do it. And then the second one is the one where it's going to actually add them in there, and one of them being uh, removing the exception clause from the state constitution. So yes on both of those.
3: Anything further for that, Max? Uh, well, you know, Alabama is a, a good example of how bad things can get here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, these people are dying inside these cages. They don't want to let anybody out. Uh, we can tell you some horror horror, horror, horror stories. Of, you know what they've done to people there. There's a person there right now. I can't remember the brother's name off the top of my head, but. He's been in prison for 41 years now for a $9 robbery in Alabama, for robbing $9. And that is because right. of their, their draconian three-strike laws. Um, you know, they had the same three-strike laws back in convict leasing, where if you got caught three times, uh, you ended up staying in prison for life. And prison in life during convict leasing in the early uh, 1900s or, or the late 1800s uh, met ten years. Nobody lived beyond ten years. That was the average lifespan. And in many states, as many as twenty-five and thirty percent of the convicts died. Were worked to death. Um, so yeah, we we see these things being repeated. But there's hope on the horizon because look where we're at. You are hearing commercials from Vermont talking about yeah, y'all we about to end slavery up in this right now. Yes, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> and that's down, what we're going to do. Your friend, and everybody, you see billboards in Tennessee, uh, where you're riding down the road in the music city, music capital of the world, and you see these billboards uh-huh. talking about y'all slavery is still legal in our constitution. Vote yes, on three to remove it, things like that. You know that is amazing. This this hope I'm under- it really rising, is. That, that it it path really is. is being opened. This is what our ancestors fought died for this is what we fought a civil war over and six hundred seven hundred thousand people died fighting can we finish the job you know and we've only got a few right. days left to get five of them done when these five are done if we're blessed uh, and we make it past all of these hurdles that have come in the way that will be nine states that have already done it and a joint federal resolution with another two dozen coming right up behind them. It'll make your head spin It's happening so fast <laughs> You know what I mean Like what I just found out slavery was legal uh, uh, Yesterday and you're telling me This is what was going on? <laughs> Right <laughs> Like it's culture shock But yeah right. we, had, well, we, we had to take Godzilla steps And we've been doing that We're fighting against principalities And powers Ancient evils that have been around For millennia these are what we're facing, literally. And they're agents that are trying to keep it going. Big going. Uh we have a right. caller. Um, all right. Let's go ahead and bring in our caller, two seven, seven, six. Welcome to abolition today.
13: What's up, uh, Youssef and uh, Max. This is Clarence from San Antonio. I just wanna wanted... yes, Hey sir. Clarence. San Antonio. Hey, I- I just wanted to tell you I was in Bexar County Jail here for solitary confinement for um, misdemeanor terroristic threat for trying to get help from a psychiatrist. Now, while I was in there, I saw a man hang himself the first hour I was there. I saw people lose their mind and, and play with their feces, rub it all over themselves, all over their cells. They would go crazy. I saw one man stop eating for four days and stopped drinking for five days and then he ate so he would have a heart attack and he died and cell next to me. So wow. when when you say that the people were punished with solitary confinement, I just wanted to put an emphasis on that, what, they really, what they're what they really suffering.
3: Yes. Solitary confinement is torture. According to the United Nations, uh, it is literal torture. My own family members have gone through it too. They have my, my son in there for like 18 months he had bed sores in the whole nine yards um, and lost so much weight. It's almost like you're trying to kill somebody or driving mad. Uh, you you know, people on the outside don't think about just how hard t- it is to exist with no human contact uh, in a six by nine foot cell that looks like crap with metal beds uh, and mm-hmm. no way to have any kind of,
13: uh, you know, no, and then no some way to people get away don't even it. have ru- some people don't even have running water or a working toilet in their right. special solitary confinement. Right. Yeah. And then
3: you see them go mad, like you just said. It, it changes you forever. Yeah. You know? They did that yeah. to Khalif Brown. And they did it to a 16-year-old boy, put him in solitary confinement in Rikers for two years over an uh, accusation
13: of a backpack theft. And, and people don't realize—people don't realize that it's not just prisoners that's being affected. The, the American people are suffering um, with low wages and disrespect. Medicine that profits from their suffering. I mean, it's—it's it's not just slavery. It's our whole paradigm. Our whole system is messed up. Our whole way of thinking.
3: Yeah, there's some nastiness in this world, but there's also some goodness too and beauty, and you know oh, yeah. we see it in the struggle, um, the goodness and the beauty, oh, yeah. people who do things for no other reason than it's the right thing to do. You know what I mean? It's no personal gain. That's true. You're not trying to achieve some secret agenda. You did this just because it was the right thing to do, and there's I believe there's a lot of people out there like that. That. We'll find out on the day they go to the ballot that slavery's lead. God bless you, man you, <laughs> Thank, Thank you. I Appreciate you. that,
7: Clarence. All right.
3: Yeah. Um, indeed. Uh it, well if, any other callers, remember to press one on your keypad. Um okay. and let us know. If you have a question or I wanna call go on. back hey. to
1: Alabama for one second, Max. All right. Just to hi- just just to highlight an article that just recently came out. So you heard Connecticut and also Tim and Bob speaking about just the the history there as to how, you know, ADOC, they don't care about lawsuits, any of that stuff. And so just recently, this is from uh, AL.com, judge says Alabama prisoners can't join DOJ lawsuit over food and medical concerns. A federal judge has told a group of Alabama prisoners They can't join in on the Department of Justice lawsuit against the Alabama Department of Corrections for their claims about food and medical needs. Earlier this month, 37 inmates at ADOC facilities filed a motion to join the 2020 lawsuit where the DOJ sued Alabama prisons over its conditions and other factors. That lawsuit is ongoing, and the judge has told both sides to be ready for non-jury trial in 2024. But as I stated, the judge said in his order filed Tuesday that the prisoner's new claims aren't the same as those asserted in the initial lawsuit, meaning they can't intervene in the case. So the people who are actually being subjected to what's in the lawsuit can't sue on their own behalf. You know, And I just mm-hmm. thought that was like really crazy for them to come out with that. But at the same time, as, as uh, Brother Kinetics said, Alabama doesn't care, and this judge is a federal
3: judge in Alabama. Uh, You know, that's the good thing about what we're doing in Alabama. We've taken it out of the hands of the state and put it in the hands of the people. Let the people decide about this change, Um, and that's where we're at right now. The people get to choose whether or not they want slavery in their Constitution, and uh, I, I hope that the people choose correctly and that the confusion is overcomable. Uh, uh, That's what I'm praying for. Um, But remember what I was saying earlier, too? um, With all this confusion going on in the air and all these false narratives, even to the point where people are going so far as to say that we're bringing slavery back and then spreading that, uh, have a Mm -hmm. little faith in the people that have put their lives on the line for you. You know, have a little faith in them. Believe in them. If you're going to believe in in anything, believe in them. Like I said, they got nothing to gain from this and everything to lose. And they're not doing it just for themselves; they're doing it for all of us. Because they, you know, the truth is is very simple. Once you come to an understanding of the truth, you reach the same conclusions that everybody else would end. Freaking slavery. It's still there. Uh, so have a little faith in them. As a matter of fact, I got a little bit of music. I'm gonna go off the rails for you on you here, Yusuf, because you didn't know this was here. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I got a little bit of music I want to play that will okay. Uh, we'll follow up on that. So let's listen to a clip where colonial slaves are discussing freedom, and then we're gonna listen to freedom with the Staple Singers. I'll take you there. We'll be right back after this.
0: You gonna learn
7: today. You gonna learn today. All right, all right, all right.
0: Abolition. Abolition. Abolition.
7: Abolition. Billy, Billy, some men came to see the general just the other day. They call themselves uh, abolitionists. Uh Yeah, yeah. yeah. They say that this uh, this person in Philadelphia called Thomas Paine sent
4: them. Mm -hmm.
7: And and you know what they said? What they said? They said that they're going to free all the Negroes. Yeah. That's the way it's going to
12: come it's going to come through their, their freedom through their work during the war we met some abolitionists in uh in uh in, uh, 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 in Massachusetts uh-huh. and also uh in uh in new jersey and them, uh, them abolitionists well they got a plan for freeing
7: the negroes. Billy, I'm with you. I think this is the way that we're gonna get our freedom. let them abolitionists abolition work abolition. their uhhuh.
1: slaves discussing freedom. Freedom staple singers, I'll take you there. Welcome back to Abolition Today with Max Parthas and Yusuf Hassan. We definitely needed to hear that because Abolition Today is going to take you there to the information that you need (laughs) to abolish slavery in the five states on the ballot this year. Make sure that you vote yes on Prop 2 in Vermont. You want to vote yes? On the recompiled Constitution ratification question and Amendment 10 in Alabama, you want to vote yes on 7 in Louisiana, yes on 112 in Oregon, and yes on 3 in Tennessee.
3: Max? Say it again so the people in the back can hear you. (laughs) But, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's you got to do, man. You know, I've been telling people. That this is a choice Slavery right now is a choice Just like Kanye West said Not that it was a choice then Right now right. it is a literal choice You get to go And if you're in one of those five states Go down to the ballot box and vote to abolish slavery And that's I mean what else could I call that It's not a choice you get to vote yes or no And if you don't go and vote You voted yes or you voted no That you don't want to abolish slavery So if you don't go right. to the ballot And vote you are siding with the slavers. <laughs> it's as simple as that. And man, I never thought I'd hear myself using that. Uh, arguments like that in regard to voting, but it seems to be the truth today. Slavery is a right, choice. Today. Choose wisely. Yes. We're not asking you to go vote for people. We're voting to ask you to go vote to end slavery. And slavery ain't running for president. and slavery ain't running for Congress. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's a constitutional amendment. We want you to change your constitution. It's your right and your duty to do that right now. And if we don't, we've only got ourselves to blame. But you can rest assured, we're gonna keep going at it. Just let the abolitionists work their magic. Well, time is flying, man. We've got about five or six. <laughs> Where did six the minutes,
1: time man? go, man? Where did the time I mean, go?
3: We got about five or six minutes left, uh, so last call for alcohol. If anybody has any questions or comments, uh, if not, uh, we'll just wrap it up real soon and get into our uh, thanking our sponsors. I want to say thank you uh, to the superheroes, uh, the organizations yeah. and groups that have brought us to this point because it took a village to make this happen. Uh, it didn't take millions, <laughs> but it. it We had enough uh, to get to where we're at right now. We stand on the shoulders of giants. And I suspect that the next generation coming in after this one right here is going to be saying the same thing. We stand on the shoulders Mm -hmm. of giants. Many have come before us fighting for this. But this is the closest. And they'll be talking
1: about us at that time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So thank you to all the superheroes out there. The that's going on nowadays. Like we're making um, history. We are making history.
3: And if you're a voter and you're in one of those states, you can do the same thing. Even if you're not in one of those states, um, your state is likely coming up on the ballot uh, as we move forward. Right. With this. So you get a chance to be a part of this change, too. You can tell your children and your grandchildren, I was part of the generation that ended slavery after 400 years. We abolished it in our Constitution, and now it's illegal here without exception. Mm. Now what comes Mm. after that is anybody's guess Because we've never seen a world like that We've never seen a country We've never been there We don't know But I want to see it I want to get to the promised land I want to reach the mountaintop And look over at the other side And see what it looks like That's right We'll (laughs) take you there Let's go (laughs) We'll take you there All right (laughs) Okay, no doubt, brother Well, Let's get into closing it up for the evening Thank you for tuning in Uh, Thank you as always, brother Uh, You Next week, we're going to have Sister Tina Wyatt, who is the great, great, great mm-hmm. grand niece of Harriet Tubman joining us here. So Harriet Tubman's uh, descendants will be here next week, uh, joining us two days before the election. Uh, and then, of course, for our season finale after the election, we're going to have uh, Representative Edmund Jordan from Louisiana joining us. And uh, we'll be reporting on wins and losses that day. <laughs> All right. That's
1: right. And next week, we'll also have a bunch of the heroes on the air with us, you know, given the last push for, you know, the individual states. So you definitely want to tune in for that. (sighs) Wow. What an episode, Max. Great job, brother. Great job. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors, our partners. You know, we wouldn't be here without them. So, Jailhouse Lawyers Speak, the IMW Ubuntu Prison Advocacy Network, Say My Urge, Quakers Uplifting Racial Justice, the Paul Cuffey Abolitionist Center, Prismatic Dreams, and the Abolish Slavery National Network. So, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash abolitiontoday. That page will have all the news, information, and music you hear on the program. We're also available on all major podcast platforms, and remember to join the movement at AbolishSlavery.us to become part of the solution. You can also visit AbolishSlavery.us and get all the information of what's going on in your state, how you can join individual campaigns that are going on, because as Max alluded to, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on next year, over 20 states We'll be making these same moves next year. And I hear a lot of people saying, how do they get involved? Go to abolishslavery.us. There's a lot of information there. You can also text in the exception to 52886 and follow the prompts. That'll send a signed petition on your behalf to your congressional reps in support of the proposed 28th Amendment to repeal and replace the exception clause to the 13th Amendment. So, if there's nothing else, we'll jump into our Bridging the Gap. Uh, This week, we have Ozzie Davis reading Frederick Douglass's final word. So, we'll be back next Sunday, God willing, November 6th. Be sure to tune in because, as Max stated, we'll be joined by Tina Wyatt, the great, great, great grandniece of Harriet Tubman, and
3: representatives from the Freedom Five. Hey, Yusuf. Yeah. Let me do it a little bit more justice. What you're about to hear right now is Ossie Davis, the legendary Ossie Davis, reading Frederick Douglass' narrative uh, by himself. And we played it on air, air here 19 weeks. And this was the final conclusion of it. After everything he said, mm. these were his final warnings to the American people. Uh, so, yeah, you're going to love it. All right, Sam. Very peace. prophetic. Very prophetic. Peace, brother. <laughs> So Until next week, think about abolition today.
0: You gonna learn today. You
3: gonna learn today. Abolition,
0: abolition, abolition, abolition.
14: With this warning to the American people, I bring my story to its end.
9: What men want and what they will, working for a dollar bill. Sad to see the old slave mill grinding slow but grinding still. Walking home a youth gets killed. Police free to shoot at will. Sad to see the old slave mill grinding slow but grinding still. Nine to five you know the drill. Weekends are a short-lived thrill. Start to see the old slave mill, grinding slow but grinding still. Cover on it over till it still, take until they fight their fill. Sure hurts to see the old slave mill, <laughs> grinding slow but grinding still. Grindin
14: still. A new pattern of oppression replacing the old slave system was growing up in the South. The plantation owners, shorn of their source of power by emancipation, devised new methods of reducing the freedman to a state of peonage that would keep him bound hand and foot to the plantation. Terrorist societies, such as the Ku Klux Klan, swept down upon Negroes who dared to protest the violation of their rights. Any Negro community which sought to defend its civil liberties soon found its churches and schools a smoking shambles. Soon, as a result of this terror, the constitutional amendments adopted after the Civil War became little better than a mockery of freedom. When I met delegates at Negro conventions who had lived through the horrors of seeing their families massacred, their churches and schools burned to the ground, and their homes left in smoke in ruins, I realized the ridiculousness of the contention that my work was over. Constitutional amendments guaranteeing the Negro equality and fair play looked very well in print, I reminded my friends. But law on the statute book and law in the practice of the nation are two very different things and sometimes very opposite things. What were the 14th and 15th amendments worth to the victims of the Klan Terror? What did the ballot mean to men reduced to a state of peonage? At the South, I argued in speech after speech the negro dependent upon his enemy for his daily bread cannot long vote or act contrary to the will of those to whom he must necessarily look for food and raiment which he must have it is a grand thing to have rights secured by constitutional provisions and by legal enactments but without a public opinion and the government to enforce them they are a mockery to be one half freeman and the other half slave, to be a citizen and yet treated as an alien, to be a man and yet not be a man among men may do for monsters but not for genuine manhood. To those who called for a halt to agitation on the Negro question, I replied, we certainly hope that the time will come when the colored man in America shall cease to require the special efforts to guard these rights and advance their interests as a class. But that time has not yet come and is not even at the door. When the doors of nearly every workshop in the land are closed against a colored race, and the highest callings open to them are of a menial character, while a colored gentleman is compelled to walk the streets of our large cities like New York, unable to obtain admission to public hotels, while staterooms are refused in our steamboats and berths are refused in our sleeping cars on account of color and the negro is a byword and a hissing at every corner the negro is not abolished as a degraded cast nor need his friends shut up shop and cease to make his advancement in the scale of civilized life a special work abolition
0: after after day
14: once upon
12: a time, a man got fucked. Now, how is that for a story? Because that's the story of black people in America. Hey. <laughs> Shit. you all don't know you black yet. You think you just people. Let me be the first to tell you that you are all black. The moment these Dutch motherfuckers set foot here and decided they white, and you get to be black, and that's the nice name they call you, let me paint a picture of what's waiting for you on the shore. You arrive in America, land of opportunity, milk and honey, and guess what? You all get to be slaves, split up, sold off, and worked to death. Well, the lucky ones get Sunday off to sleep and and make most slaves and all for what? For cotton, indigo, for a fucking purple shirt the only good news is the tobacco your grandkids are gonna farm for free it's gonna give a shitload of these white motherfuckers can and i ain't even started yet a hundred years later you're fucked a hundred years after that buff. A hundred years after you get free, you still getting fucked out a job and shot at by police. You see what I'm saying? This guy gets it. I like him. He's getting angry.
9: Angry is good.
5: Angry gets
0: Done. You
12: should is telling you. You are staring down the barrel of 300 years of subjugation, racist bullshit,
5: and hostages.
12: He is telling you. That is the one goddamn reason you shouldn't go up there right now and slit the throat of every
5: last one of these Dutch motherfuckers and set fire
9: to this ship! You are already dead, asshole
12: at least die a sacrifice for something worthwhile. Let the motherfucker burn.
5: Let it all burn.
14: With this warning to the American people, I bring my story to its end. To be one half Freeman and the other half slave to be a citizen and yet treated as an alien, to be a man and yet not be a man among men may do for monsters, but not for genuine manhood. Abolition.
0: Abolition. 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 Abolition.
2: Hi, my name is Jeanette Smith. I am a slavery abolitionist. Some of you may know me. I'm doing this recording because I would like to ask if any of you can help with some financial assistance. Max and Yusef do not like to ask for money, so I would like to ask on their behalf because they and other abolitionists pull money out of their own pockets, and this is so important. So if you can help, you can find the information at the top of the Facebook page for Abolition Today. Thank
5: you.
4: If we'd known you all were going to be this much trouble, we would have picked our own fucking cotton.